This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Number two of the Steelers Blitz here is we have a uh, you know a weird little holding pattern. Oh, that's good. On <laughs> all right, sure, yeah. All right, good afternoon, right. Steelers Nation. How are we feeling? Well, I'm confused. I'm, I'm clearly confused. Listen, this is hour number two. It's a Tuesday show. You said it's hour two. You said it's hour number two. I'm just like yo. I, thought, I was off. ready. Like, I, wait, I was I thought, like, I thought we had a thing. How again. you feeling? Are you are, are you good? It's Halloween. I'm good. I'm scary. Ooh. My man was just like, it was hour number two. Here we are. All right, just take it or leave it. I don't even care about the rest of the stuff, okay? He was upset about me talking about the defense like that. Clearly, he was not digging my defense. Oh, stop it. I'm sorry, all right? I'm sorry. Quarterbacks are, are the best, all right? Offense need love. Bump no, it. you know what's all funny right, is geez. we continued that conversation throughout the break, and then I just, oh, here, music, time to yeah, go. He was like, oh, oh, just, yeah, hour number two, we're good. <laughs> all right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How are we doing? I'm hungry. Well, that's good. You're going to have Halloween candy here in a couple hours. <laughs> Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. It's hour number two of the Steelers Blitz on SNR 970 ESPN. There it is. Oh, goodness, Motsy. Uh, did a quick little refresh there during the break as well, too. It oh, yeah, I seems, forgot. We didn't even look at any anything. Huh? It seems Talking like, with you. Jeez. you know, you and I were laughing, <laughs> laughing earlier about how it seems like trade deadlines now in the NFL are either I'm going to use some uh, – I'm gonna use some some young some hip vernacular. Oh, alright. They're either lit, hey, like the lit one, Rebecca. That's one right. Time. Or they're either dry. Mm, still boomers. Today seems a little bit more on the on the dry side. We did have the Montez Sweat trade for a second round we pick, had, and the Leonard Williams is like a little premature. They, they didn't they didn't wait till the day to do it. They did a little early. But I'm you know I'm like I'm I'm looking down the 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 wire here you know of trade deadline updates and it's all Patriots open to trading Vikings open to trading Bears open to trading. But down a little bit more right there. What, what does Werder say? 49ers and Bills what? What does that mean? 49ers and Bills are among the teams uh, discussing potential trades for Chicago Bears cornerback Jalen Johnson. Don't you bring a smile to my face like that today? It's funny because you know yesterday they were saying the Steelers were in those reports. I, I say don't you bring a smile to my face though? I don't, okay, so let me ask you this philosophically. Jalen Johnson to the Bills, I would love it. <laughs> I know, listen, I know you All right. would. I would love it. Especially since Trey White ain't yes. walking through the door yes. the rest of the season. I, I would love it. <laughs> There's been this weird balance of, you know, because again, yesterday Jalen Johnson was was mentioned around yeah. the Steelers, and that was a, a little bit of a conversation. We had Pastor Tim mentioned around us. Yeah. Like, do you, if you were to make a move today, mm-hmm. do you double down on your strength and add another piece to this defense, or do you look at it and you go, "It's clear which side of the football needs some reinforcements, and I'm going to go to the offense." Like, what's your philosophy on that, or is it just the no, best deal that's no, available? Um, honestly, man, I would attack corner. If I was, if it was my decision, and this is kind of the thought process, I think it's a lot easier to plug in one of those type of corners. I, don't, I almost similar to what we're doing with JPJ. I get what you're saying. Whereas I think offensively. You need more what time. Piece yeah. am I plugging in? If I need a quarterback the most, I'm not trading for a quarterback mid season. That's not gonna help me right now. I have a left tackle option if I want to make a switch so badly. I could go Broderick. If I wanted to make a switch at right tackle so badly, I could move Dan over there. If I just needed to make change just for the sake of making change, right? I could do that. Mm. I'm not about to trade for a running back. No. I just got Deontay back at wide receiver. If anything, I might flirt with tight end, but I feel like Pat should be getting hopefully on the better side of it than on the worse side of it. 
so offensively, I just That's a good point. Yeah, I just and don't really re- feel like I need really to. Yeah, invested in that offensive line over the last two years. Whereas I'm saying to myself, in order for us to truly compete for a Super Bowl this season, right? Regardless of how we feel that is close or not close to, if we're being real, the best chance is for our defense to play electric for four quarters every single game. Completely agree with you. So on when that. I look yeah. at the defense, I say, where's our weakest link? Corner. Corner first, then safety next. So if I can't get a safety in here, depending on how long Mika's going to be out with the hamstring, I'm going cornerback. And I'm just going to make sure that I'm upgraded there because I love my pass rush. I love my front seven. I feel like they play with physicality. I feel like they create splash. I feel like our inside linebackers have really been an asset, something that we haven't really experienced these past couple of seasons. I love TJ and Highsmith. We know that. And eventually Cam's going to be coming back as well. So I feel great in there. But I know the thing that makes my secondary even better is if I just had an even better piece. And if you're talking about a Jalen Johnson, you talk about any of these. It makes sense. Like yeah. if you're if you're a baseball team that's predicated on power hitters, mm-hmm. you don't go out at the deadline and get some defensive shortstop. Right, you go get another bat because it's like I know that's our bread and butter this year. We're not getting out of stadiums outscoring teams. That is not going to change this season. Hopefully, by the end of the year, we'll be scoring more <clears throat> and be more competitive on that side of the ball. But this is not the team this season that's going to just magically wake up and score thirty and average it consistently. You can do it on occasion, but to average it consistently, that isn't real to me right now. So that is more of a big offseason fix. If you're trying to switch coordinators, you're trying to switch quarterback, you're trying to bring in new talent, pieces, this and that, it's that's tough when to you do, do on that. The fly right. in the end of October. Right. I just personally think, though, we can make it, it's a smoother transition for one of them defenders, man. I'm with you on that one. I think that's well said. I am right with you. If you're going to, again, just just play to your strengths, play to your identities, yeah. and that is clearly a suffocating defense. And you're right. If we look up and the Steelers are winning playoff games in January and going on a run, I think we can all agree. I mean, yeah, obviously the offense is going to have to do Wes, their part, but it's because the defense let's be real, is, right? is Wes, balling out. Let's be real. So say we went to go out there and make a trade. Let's get a big marquee receiver on offense. Man, we're watching Devontae Adams right now with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he hates it, right? Regardless of how it got to that situation, you can see him noticeably frustrated. Has zero to do with his talent. He's wide open. The execution isn't there, though, whether it's on coach or whether it's on quarterback. What are the things that we've been hollering about the past 18, 19 weeks now? Is it coach or is it quarterback? So it's kind of hard to just add something on that side and expect it to give us answers when we don't even know because what is George Pickens right now? Is he a top five elite receiver or is he just a really good Situational player. It's hard to fully understand because you got questions at quarterback and at coordinator. Is he Devontae Adams or is it just Deontay Johnson? We're going to find out hopefully sooner rather than later, but mm-hmm. it's no different when you look at Deontay. It's like, man, we've seen you look crazy at times, but past years, it's like, dang, man, like, all right, can you get in the zone? Can you get in that? Like, it, is it you? Is it them? Is it? So that's my whole thing. I'm like, why they still figuring it out? Why we want to add something else over there? We might be wasting it if we being real about it. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. And again, I think I mean you gotta you gotta know what your strengths are and play to them. Um, if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, you don't go out and get a shutdown Uh-oh. defenseman. Uh oh, because that's not how you play. We score. You go out. <laughs> you get a you get a fast winger or hey, somebody that can we move ball. the puck. <laughs> you know that. Forget it. We ball. Because we ain't winning two to one. We uh-uh. winning six to five. All right, all right. I'm trying to seven to six. You one time. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I'm with you on that. Uh, all right, let's see some of these tweets here as we uh, we'll go spend a few more minutes here in this mm-hmm. first segment of the second hour. Uh, all right, how about this one from Big Ron? Happy Halloween to the West Man and Mr. Moats. What's happening? Uh, any news on how severe Minka Fitzpatrick hamstring was and what's your favorite Halloween tradition? So the the verbiage, and again, this isn't a direct quote, um, I believe was that it's a tear. I believe that's what Mike Tomlin said yesterday in his press conference. Yeah. And as you know, that leaves some some open for interpretation. Was it a slight tear? Was it a full inch tear? Is it off the bone? I mean, you know, there's a lot of different degrees in there, but I would think he's going to miss a little time because it's one of those, as you've talked about, those soft tissue things that just you can't rehab it. You just got to be patient with it. Before I even heard him say tear, probably going to be closer to that six mark, six week mark. And this is just from my former player perspective. Deontay, Pat Move, and Minka, all three hamstrings. Deontay, when he did his, mm. he was able to jog it on off. He ain't pull it all the way. We saw when Move initially did his, it was kind of high. No. He started walking to the sideline. And then after that, we know he got re-injured in practice, right? The fact that my man Pat went belly down and just grabbed at it, I'm like, yeah, that's the pull. Because that's the only time when you instantly do that. You don't try to walk. You don't try to do anything. You're just like, ah, I know exactly what just happened. Athletes at that high of a level, they know know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. They know their body so well. As soon as you lay down like that, you grab, you're like, yep. That isn't the, oh, did I tweak it? Because usually with the tweak, you're like, let me just test it a little bit. Let me kind of stay up. up Yeah, yeah, let me me just see. Right? Or if it's like a grab, you're like, oh, all right, kind of grab, but I'm still up. When you drop, you're like, yo. That's the only thing that has me concerned. So, like I said, before he even said tear, I'm like, bro, that's a four to six. And because of the position, too. We've just seen that with Deontay. And the position. It's the same type of you got to be able to cut, mm-hmm. you got to be able to move, you got to you got to have that twitch. And the part that sucks is this: offensively, at least for DJ, he's in control of the route. He knows where he's going. He's acting, not reacting. Defense, you're reacting. Yeah, so definitely sucks. But um, shout out to Mika though, man. Mika's one of them dudes that tried to come back the same week of having his spleen removed. Yeah, correct. So with that being the case, uh, yeah, we will see. Um, but like I said, just from experiences, man, when you're talking that soft tissue type stuff man it, it's yeah it's really really tough at those positions where you're putting rapid change big sprinting elongated sprinting 20 30 40 yards because as a safety he covers a ton of ground and especially and how minka plays pivoting. too yeah we know minka minka oh, don't play he's all over the place yeah he, he's one of them dudes that covers i mean i'm sure if you looked at how much he ran in a game it's probably like 10 20 miles something stupid you're like bro how you doing on this in just a game but that's minka so, once again, one of the ones where I think is going to take some time. 70% of the earth is covered by water. Talk about it. The other 30% is covered by Minka Fitzpatrick. Talk about it. And yet, I mean, again, we just saw it with Deontay. It's same church, different pew. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. We're looking at it now. So, it happened at the end of October. I mean, even if you're going best case scenario four weeks. December, that, bro. That ma- I mean, that makes you a questionable for Cincinnati at the end of November, more realistically, probably December against Arizona. This is the thing. And I say it continually whenever we're talking soft tissue injuries. This type of thing. You get in a hurry to get back, you're just in a hurry to get back out quicker. That's it. 
You come back like in a that. hurry, you're like going to be that. sitting back out a lot quicker, man. I like that. Because it's soft tissue. It's, I, it sucks. But speaking from experience, it's like, bro, you got to give it time. I know you don't want it to. Got to give it time. And again, it's not it's not a hip that you can spend a lot of time in rehab. and You, know, like it's, you can't brace it. That's the thing. It's like my dislocated my elbow. I could come back because I had a titanium brace that physically locked my arm. I could not move it. <laughs> right. Then I could move it an inch further, and then an inch further. Than it, but right. it was like it's not a like lot, a right? Club on your hand, right? You, you tear a knee up. You come back. You got a brace. It's like okay, this is going to structurally protect you. Mm-hmm. You don't get that lecture to hamstring. It's like yeah, we're gonna warm it up. We're gonna put some some heat packs on it to keep it hot. But uh, try to make sure you don't overdo it. Hey, but Mika, I know you're kind of crazy when you play too, so kind of dial it down too. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, yeah it's unfortunate. It is, um, particularly at a time here where you're going to need that guy. I mean, you always need that guy. Yeah. But, you know, Tennessee coming in with Will Levis. What's the game plan? And they got Derrick Henry. Okay, Green Bay, Jordan mm-hmm. Love, they're struck. But still. Will Levis, they want to throw it. Remember, he threw before touchdown passes. They said he's better than Kenny already. I can't wait to see if that is replicated this week. Well, unfortunately, we're, I don't think we're going to get to see Kenny out there as well, too. But No, but we get we'll to see, see Will they, Levis, though. I want to see, see yeah. if they keep that same it, energy. It, he threw it for four last week. It should be easy to throw it for four this week. I want to see what it's looking like. We got to get Kenny back for the Green Bay game. We need Kenny versus Jordan. Yeah. The battle of the preseason kings. Mm-hmm. Everybody love Jordan Love, man. And then, uh, spoiler alert, but yeah, you're going to need Minka Fitzpatrick against Cleveland and yeah. Cincinnati, and you might, uh, by all likelihood, uh, probably going to be out for those games. It's tough. Listen, there's there's no way to slice it. There is no replacing a, a all-pro, a guy that is viewed as top three in the NFL, his position. Like so, consensus. Right. So when we talk about the impact, yes, there is going to naturally be a loss felt. We talked about some of that in-game. Miles Killer getting beat on a deep pass. He wouldn't be out there if Mika's available, baby. What are we talking about? So, yeah, we know Mika wears multiple hats. Mika does a lot for this team. Sure so, does. yes, you're going to feel that. The beautiful part is we have an elite pass rush, and that should be something to at least mitigate the loss. Not going to completely minimize it, but it should at least shrink it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, just a little bit. And one more thing, I, at least if you want some positivity, KZ and Keanu Neal have played a lot together in the past. Mm-hmm. They played together in Dallas. They played together in Atlanta. So you hope that there's some chemistry between those two already and they're yeah. able to, to hit the ground running. Uh, Halloween traditions. So oh. we, don't, we don't have many yet, but we're getting there now that we yeah. got some kids and everything. First, man, we always going to cover up some uh, pun- pumpkins. So, yeah, we did it last night, okay. man. That's, that's our thing, Love man. It. Love put it. some, you know, Halloween music on. Actually, not even Halloween music. We just put, like, regular music on. Just vibe out, man. Carve up the pumpkins, pumpkins. though. Got to have fun with it, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, man. I love it. Yeah, we need to we need to get some some traditions and, going and, on. We'll yeah, we watch that. every scary movie that they play on Fox and AMC. <laughs> scary movie, put it on. I don't care if it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Put it on, man. Put oh, it on. It. I was watching Brad and Chucky this morning before I came in. <laughs> yeah, I got to get some Halloween, tra- Halloween traditions going. I mean, normally Morgan and I just drink beers and pass out candy. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But now we're going to be, you know going to get said candy with the with the youngins so i'll let you know we'll, we'll, we'll continue to polish that one uh real quick before yeah. we go to break because mm-hmm. i want to get this one in with Let's you do it, man. uh darren tweets us and mm-hmm. says knowing the prototype of corner that the sealers seem to be targeting yep. uh bill's corner kair elam could mm-hmm. be the most realistic target he's still in his rookie deal and seems like the odd man out in buffalo so maybe the compensation would not be crazy thoughts compensation wouldn't be crazy i just think that we would really need to understand what our expectations are I'm telling you, this is a Buffalo Bills fan. That's why. That's why I wanted to get this one in with you before we go to break. He's the odd man out a year after being the first round pick. 
there's a reason that he's the odd man out. Is what I'm you're just me. trying to give you perspective. Um, out of respect for him, you know what I mean? Because obviously he's a young player, he's trying to figure it out in his league. Some people would say it maybe it's a scheme thing. I personally don't think it's just that. It's not like Buffalo doesn't need help in the right. secondary too. Bro, Trey White is out. Trey you were out. the first round draft pick. He was being a healthy and active last year. And that's been a similar case this year with multiple guys that <clears throat> don't even have the type of draft pedigree or athleticism as him. They get played over him largely because of the consistency part. And at times you just question, I don't want to say maturity, but almost like with Devin Bush at times when he would talk in the media, you just like, yo, you need to be a little bit more accountable. You know, you can't have a mistake and you're looking to other people as to why. So I don't think it, it would not cost a lot, I don't think. But at the same time, Buff is not going to just hand him over because he is a first-rounder from a year ago. But if I'm telling you he was the first-rounder last year and at the trade deadline he's available and has already not dressed multiple times healthy scratches, understand what you're getting. That we would could, be like we could saying, call it super low risk. If and Kenny Hyrule, Pickett was available okay. for trade right now, a year after being a first rounder for a team that needs you that see what position, I'm yeah, we gonna come in here and be like, "Yo, this is an upgrade over Levi Wallace." And Buffalo, they're like, "Yo, we would have Levi starting right now." Catch my drift. I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. I like the idea though, Darren. Because like I said, he's an athletic freak, but. Athleticism and product in production at this level, they don't always equal the same thing, man. And it also seems like if you were going to take a flyer on a guy like that, the off season would be the Is time to do get so. Get him in here, get him, check the culture, man. Get, get him, him coached you know, up, get him yeah, in your system. In. Right now, that might come off to him as, man, they ain't want me up there. This sucks. And now I'm trying to jump on a moving right. train. And I ain't even the guy here. I gotta save yeah, my career. Yeah. And I gotta, yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It certainly is. We'll keep an eye on the uh, on the trade wire here as we roll along. More of your reaction on the other side. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Once again, concrete proof that there is only one big timer on this show, and that is Arthur Nathan Motes III, who once again has been nabbed by the powers that be for greater responsibilities than me. So you got Euler here for the last 20 minutes of the program, but that's okay because we have got a backlog of tweets to get caught up on here. Uh, we've got some NFL uh, updates, I guess. Really, again, more kind of nothing stories. But there had been some rumors that the Cincinnati Bengals were looking to trade T. Higgins, of course, the talented wide receiver from Clemson. Uh, they can only pay so many people on that Cincinnati offense, particularly you know with Joe Burrow's contract and Jamar Chase and uh, just a, a a litany of talented young players there on that offense. So there had been some conversation that T. Higgins could be on the trading block. Uh, there were some some talks about him being moved over this past off off season as well too. Uh, but the Bengals, uh, it's being stated by uh, Jeremy Fowler, formerly of this parish here in Pittsburgh, who now covers the NFL nationally for ESPN. 
that the Bengals are not interested in moving the wide receiver anymore. Other than that, still pretty quiet. Uh, same thing, you know, uh, Daniel Hunter, talented pass rusher for the Vikings. There was some talk about him, but now that's kind of being uh, downplayed by by Minnesota sources as well, too. So overall, quiet today on the trade deadline front. I'll let you know if anything breaks here you know, the next 20 minutes or so before I get out of here, Steelers-related or otherwise across the National Football League. But for now, we'll get to some of your tweets as we roll along here. We'll see. Depending on how many tweets we get, maybe I'll do a little Best of the West as well, too, because you know, we're not going to have a Thursday show, so it's a little thrown off this week. Um, it's just a weird week. So we'll see. We'll ride these tweets out while we can, see what you guys got uh, to give here as we uh, as we enter the final, final few minutes of the program. Doug tweets. Wait, hold on first. Let me do this right. Let's get Andy Reid in here real quick. Time's yours. Thank you, Big Red. Time is yours. Doug tweets us and said, after the Steelers' first two losses, I would describe them as disappointed. Frustrated is how I describe this loss. Too many things not going the Steelers' way. Imagine if Deontay didn't slip in the end zone. Could have been a game-changing play. Doug, that was a weird game on Sunday. You know, we talked a little bit about this in the, the first hour, but a lot of moments in that game for both teams, to be fair, could have really flipped the outcome. From the Steelers' standpoint, and we do wear black and gold glasses around here, right? Uh, you hit that big completion to Deontay Johnson on the first play of the game. That's going for at least 40, 50 yards. Maybe he breaks a tackle and takes it to the end zone. And wow, what that would have done to that game and that crowd and that environment and everything. Of course, the Deontay slipping in the end zone, Kenny throw. I think they both wear that one. There's been a big blame game, as there always is, because that's what you know. fans have their guys, fans have their narratives, not just here in Pittsburgh, all across the NFL and all across sports in this country, period. A lot of people blaming Deontay for that and slipping. A lot of people blaming Kenny for that and throwing it behind him. I think they're both culpable. It wasn't the greatest throw by Kenny, but Deontay also didn't do him any favors there as well. Those would have been game-changing moments. Um, Let's not act like Jacksonville didn't drop a couple interceptions as well too early from Kenny Pickett. One that would have been an easy pick six. That would have been a game-changing moment. Um, Some of the roughing the passer stuff. You know, Jacksonville, I think, was getting a little comfortable that they could take some shots at Kenny Pickett. You flag one of those early. That could have been a changing moment. Maybe Kenny doesn't end up getting injured. Uh, Trevor Lawrence throwing that ill-advised, excuse me, interception in the end zone. Uh, The fumble for Jacksonville that was forced by Quan Alexander. I mean, there were a lot of games. And, of course, the penalty that negated the three points for Chris Boswell at the end of the half. Man, there were, there were a lot of crossroads-type, game-changing type moments for both sides from the officiating standpoint in that game on Sunday. That's why I said earlier, like, it's a hard one to digest. It's a hard one to really pinpoint because there were so many 50-50-type uh, moments in that game on both sides of the football. All that I know is you had some opportunities. You didn't execute as well as you wanted, you know, particularly on the offensive side of the football. Now you got a short week to to figure it out and get right against the Titans team, who you know suddenly doesn't look like a pushover. Maybe like they did a couple weeks ago. Jared tweets us and says it was the greatest college coach of all time, Woody Hayes, who said that three things uh, can happen when you throw the football. Quote: Go Buckeyes. Now hold on, Jared. That's a notorious boxer, Woody Hayes, right? Uh, he's one of the greatest college coaches of all time. Certainly is. I think I'd go Nick Saban. I mean, the guy won national championships at multiple schools. He's also done it in the most competitive era of college football. But Woody Hayes, certainly a legend. Thank you for clearing that up for us, Jared. 
that's the famous quote of when you throw the football, only three things can happen, and two of them are bad. You can throw an incompletion, you can throw an interception, or you can complete the pass. It's pretty philosophical. Pretty true. Jason tweets us and says, players in the NFL get fined all the time. I think we should start fining refs who make really bad calls. What do you think? So, Jason, you're not the first person to bring this up this week. Uh, Earlier, Max and Wolf were having some conversations about this in the locker room. There's a lot of people, this isn't anything new, that call for, you know, why don't officials have to do press conference? Why don't officials have to go public and answer what was going through their mind? In theory, hey, you know, I think NFL officials should be held to the same standard that we hold our coaches in the NFL. It's a performance-based industry. It's a billion-dollar industry. Wins and losses and decisions and outcomes matter, and they have a big effect on that as well, too. I also know it's one of those shield things. It's like, I don't know, maybe this is maybe this is a bad example, but it's like being a police officer in, in some ways in that regard. Like, policemen... And police women, they make wrong decisions sometimes. It's a it's a bang-bang thing that happens when they're on calls, when they're responding to situations, when someone pulls a gun or someone pulls a knife or, or whatever, right? You, you, you don't just have a blanket, oh, well, any police officer who does something wrong should be fired or should go to jail or, you know, there's there's always so much nuance in there. And that's obviously a way more extreme example dealing with life and death and things like that than the outcome of a football game. But there is some of that the NFL is, is going to protect their brand, is going to protect their shield, is going to protect their own who have to make difficult judgment calls in the moment. I do think there needs to be a better system of accountability. I don't know. I don't think it needs to be public flogging. I don't think these people need to stand in front of reporters and get abused or they need to have hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines. But I would like to see some kind of like, again, I think they should be, you know, kind of the same ilk as as coach. There's only 32 head coaches in the NFL because they're really difficult jobs to get. And because of that, you're under a ton of scrutiny and you're highly compensated because of it as well, too. I think it should be the same thing with the refs. You put in a bad performance, you put in a couple weeks of performances, all right, you know, you're not doing games for the rest of the month or for the rest of the season. Or go do some college football games. We're going to bring somebody else in to do this. That's the way I think to go about it. Just higher performance standards. If they don't meet those marks, they don't get to continue what they're doing. And they don't get playoff games. They don't get Super Bowls, certainly. That's the way I – I don't want to find – these officials a ton of money. I don't need to do the public flogging thing where they have to stand and atone for their sins, right? They're humans. It's part of sports. But there needs to be some type of accountability, incentive-based program where the best officials are, are, are being rewarded for it and are getting the best games and are getting the compensation and the officials who are consistently having issues and problems and controversy or getting knocked knocked down the, the the list, maybe to do college games, maybe to do whatever. I don't have all the answers. Again, I just don't think publicly shaming and embarrassing uh, these men and women is exactly the way to go about it. The Real Teddy tweets and says, What's up, cousins? I've been hearing some blame, uh, blaming the defense for some losses, but I call BS on that. I don't know who to blame, but the offense stinks. We can't expect the defense to be top tier if the offense is consistently three and out. Yeah, it's a balance, right, Teddy? I mean, you heard Mike Tomlin talk about this a little bit yesterday, that the defense forced three turnovers, but none of them really set the offense up in opportune situations. And when I heard that, my initial reaction was, 
Now, come on, Coach T. I mean, your defense forced three turnovers for you. They kept points off the board, but that's the way the Steelers are built right now. The Steelers, listen, we might all think it's unfair, but it is reality. They are expected to shoulder the load in that regard. They are expected to make life easier on the offense with some of those opportune situations. The offense, though, obviously needs to do their part. The defense has been holding their weight, pulling the rope, rowing the boat. I, I think to uh, to much more of a, a tune of success than the offense has. But as 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 the guy at the top, Mike Tomlin, will tell you, that's also how the Steelers are built. That's what they expect, and that's what they need from their defense. Okay, got to get to our last break here. On the other side, a few more tweets to get to. I promise you I'll get to those. You know where to get at me. If you want to throw in a last question or comment or concern or reaction, it's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, couple final tweets here to close it down. Let's get to him. Rod Dalla tweets and says, why won't they give Mason a shot? He's been in our system. He's won games for us and played behind Big Ben. You know, I, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. Um you know, because that is, I think, a fair question. But I also think it's pretty clearly obvious that the Steelers just think Mitch Trubisky gives them a better chance to win. We've seen that over the last two years, haven't we? Um, you might not agree with that. You might disagree with that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think at this point, I, I don't know if it's worth spending a ton of time on because I do think it's pretty clear that the Steelers, um, you know, they grade Mitch higher than they do Mason. They think he gives them a better chance to win. I think it's just that cut and dry at this point. Todd tweets and says, had a tough weekend myself and my two kids. We went to the Penguins game Saturday night and they lost. And then we went to the Steelers game on Sunday and they lost. Tough weekend. We may have been the problem. Now, don't do that to yourself, Todd. All right, we go again, baby. We don't get scared. We don't blink in the face of adversity. You go to the next game. And to be fair, the Penguins stink right now. So I don't think you had anything to do with that. (laughs) And he tweets us and says, by February, I am sick and tired of the cold and gray, so I'm hereby declaring the good hair and Arthur Nathan Motes the third birthdays as official SNR holidays to brighten our gloomy days. <laughs> Works with me, Annie. What's the one trick you saw in the Jags game and one treat you'd like to see in the game against the Titans? Uh, the trick I would like to continue to see, if the Steelers' defense can take the ball away from opposing teams in the red zone multiple times, I would like to continue that. One treat I'd like to see in the game against the Titans? <laughs> a couple touchdowns, you know, 24 points, 28 points, <gasps> 31 points, something like that. No, the one treat I'd like to see in the game against the Titans is a W, a victory, by any means necessary, baby. Steeler Nation 920 tweets and says, I don't know what we can do, but we better do something. Our offense should be dynamite, but instead we're like the little poppers you throw at the crowd. <laughs> Matt Canada should dress up as Bruce Arians. Happy Halloween, friends. Don't forget to check your kids' candy with a wink face. Yeah, you know what, Tyler, though? Everybody wanted to run B.A. out of town, too, right? We just go hard on offensive coordinators here in Pittsburgh. I mean, Ken Wisenhunt, Bruce Arians, Randy Feekner, Todd Ailey. 
just all on the chop. It's like being the it's like being the manager of the New York Yankees. Yankees fans never like their manager. Steelers fans never like their offensive coordinator. All right, last one here from me tweets and says happy halloween westman and professor mozi three pack of halloween themed questions oh geez you guys are ruthless number one what's scarier than matt canada's offense i mean me to be fair I, a lot of things are more scarier than matt canada's and to be fair i think we could all agree there were some plays to be made out there particularly in the first half on on sunday that weren't executed i am excited though i tell you what you want to talk about struggling offenses? Wait till Green Bay comes to town in a couple weeks. And they're supposed to have an offensive genius in Matt LaFleur at the helm. And they can't do diddly squat right now. You know what's scary than Matt Canada's offense? The Mountaineers losing on a Hail Mary a couple weeks ago to Houston. I still have nightmares about that. Number two for me. What Halloween show or movie are you watching tonight with the family? So... You know, we're taking the girls out trick-or-treating at 6. It's 6 to 8 is the trick-or-treating in our neighborhood, and then we'll put the girls down and all that. So it'll probably be pretty late by then. Uh, but I don't know. That's a good question, me. Um, whatever. You know what the answer is. You'll appreciate this because I do believe, me, that you re- recently married, recently engaged. I- I'm going to watch whatever the wife wants to watch, brother. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we do. She calling the shots. Twix versus Snickers. Who wins? That's an easy one for me, me, and that's Snickers. Not that I dislike Twix, but Snickers is is top five, maybe even top three for me. Got to have the Reese's peanut butter cup, right? Got to have the Snickers. Got to have something like a take five or a fast break. Uh, I love a Babe Ruth, but yeah, I mean, Snickers is, if it's not top three, it's definitely top five for me. Twix would probably be closer to the 10 range, so I'm going Snickers all day that'll do it for me today have a good halloween everybody be safe out there no matter what you're doing if you're younger and you're on the party side of things if you're older like me and you're taking your kids around and all the all the good family stuff uh enjoy yourself have some fun take some pictures all those good things and we'll meet back here tomorrow to kick off november and to get you ready for steelers and titans on Thursday night. Thanks to everybody who tweeted. As always, you know we appreciate the H-E double hockey sticks at a Yins. And a big shout out to the best co-host in the business, Arthur Nathan Motes III. I'm Wesley Euler. That'll do it for us today. You know where to find us as always. We'll talk to you tomorrow on your, or at high noon, I should say. Take care now. Bye-bye then. You've been listening to the Steelers Blitz on SNR.